Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast. We talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There's no offseason. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm dropping this on the eighth day of September 2018 from my car, the mobile Sully Baseball studio, as I'm parked in some sort of a Chevron station off of Highway 5, somewhere between Pasadena and Palo Alto. So I'm continuing my trip up California. You know, I'm, I had to pull over because your pal Sully can't drive this whole time without peeing. Uh, I, I don't mean to share too much, but I'm going to share that. And while I was here, I decided to take a quick break, stretch my legs out, I'm making decent time, and I'm trying to get back up in the next few hours, and I figured I can do this. And while I was here, I would share a little, t- you know, share a little with you, my my podcast friends as we float down the river Sully. Do you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about Mike Piazza. And I'll tell you why I was thinking about Mike Piazza. You know, when you're driving up the five and there's no ball game to listen to, your mind goes down strange paths. And a question occurred to me. Who is the greatest offensive player in Dodger history? I thought about that. I I brought this up in conversation. I brought this up in an earlier podcast. I can't remember when. But I was trying to think that, is there a Dodger who you look at as a great all-time offensive player? Like, when you think about, like, the Giants have had several. Two come immediately to mind, Willie Mays and Barry Bonds. Whatever you think of Barry Bonds, he belongs in the conversation. The Red Sox have had many. The Yankees have had many, obviously. The A's have, you know, Ricky Henderson as their greatest, you know, of all time. And, you know, Frank Thomas with the White Sox. Ernie Banks with the Cubs. You know, you can point to players in in different franchises. Where you say, this is the greatest offensive player of this team's history, this legacy. And, you know, you have some small market teams have played, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. with the Seattle Mariners certainly would have that. The Milwaukee Brewers, you could point, there's two specific ones with the Milwaukee Brewers you can point to. Uh, I would say Robin Yount, but you can certainly make the case for uh, Paul Molitor. You know, the Reds are interesting because they have Pete Rose. They also have Frank Robinson, who's, you know, most of Frank Robinson's prime was with Cincinnati. I think most people tend to think of him as a member of the Orioles, but you know his greatest years were with the the Cincinnati Reds. And you're going around. You know the Pirates, of course, have had a, uh, you know, you know the the whether you want to go way back to Honus Wagner or if you want to go to Roberto Clemente, there are you know all these different players you could look at. And say, that is the the franchise player. The greatest offensive player in that franchise's history. You know, the Phillies with Michael, Jack, Schmidt. Then there's some, you know, some expansion franchises I mentioned, you know, like, you know, the Marlins, of course, sell everyone off. So that allows, you know, Miguel Cabrera to be gone before he plays his entire prime or, or Giancarlo Stanton. But I was thinking about the Dodgers and I was thinking about the Mets. Now, if you're going to say who is the greatest Met of all time, I think the consensus would be easy. Tom Seaver. Who's the second greatest? And is there an offensive player 
that you could look at and say that's their great Hall of Fame franchise offensive player in their history. And the only name I could think of was Mike Piazza. But much of Mike Piazza's prime was also with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's almost evenly, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's pretty evenly split between the two. Now, if you ask people what team you associate Mike Piazza with, I think it's, I think most people would say the Mets, even though he became a star with the Dodgers and became one of the great stories of Dodger history when he emerged as a superstar in the early 90s. But it's tough to sort of point to Piazza and say he's the legacy franchise offensive player when so much of it is associated with L.A. So I was thinking, who is it? It's not Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez's best hitting days were with St. Louis. Is it Daryl Strawberry, who really only had a handful of legit superstar years? And he wound up, you know, being kicked around and, you know, obviously went through all sorts of, you know, addiction and terrible things in his life. And, you know, so it's not him. Was it Don Clendenin? Who is it? Who is it? I mean, it's, it's Daniel Murphy? Is it a season and a half of Ioannis Cespedes? Who is the greatest offensive player in Mets history? And I realize it's probably Piazza. And that's weird. Because he played like, what, when was his rookie? I'm doing this off the top of my head. His rookie year was 93. He emerged as the, uh, the rookie of the year and MVP candidate in 93. 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, and the first half of 98. So he played six and a half seasons with the Dodgers. And then with the Mets, okay, half of 98, and then 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, and I think 2004 was his last year with the Mets. Maybe it was 2005, but he was breaking down towards the end there. So it's really about five, let's say five elite seasons roughly with the Mets. And so it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that you have a big market franchise like the Mets, of which has a history of, if you're in New York, you have the big honking superstar. You know, during the heyday of Willie, Mick, and the Duke, you know, you each of the teams have their superstar that you cling to. I'll get to the Dodgers in a second. And the Mets have been around, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. The Mets have been along, around for more than half a century. This is not a new team. And they are a team that, despite having some, you know, definite issues with their front office, have had the financial capability to have a giant superstar like that. But you would think, who's the second greatest Met of all time? Keith Olbermann was on a Mets-Yankees broadcast about a month ago, and he made the argument that maybe DeGrom. And I kind of poo-pooed it, and I thought, well, who else? Is it the two or three great years of Gooden? The three or four star years of Strawberry? Is it, it's not Al Leiter? It's not Robin Ventura? Who is it? I mean, is it's not Jerry Kuzman? 
It's not Jerry Grody. It's not Felix Mion. Who is it? Is it Benny Agbayani? What what player am I missing? Are we banking that it's going to be Michael Conforto? I like pronouncing it like that. Emphasize his name. Michael Conforto. It sounds sounds more fierce. I mean, Conforto is a nice player, but he's not going to be a franchise player. And I find that strange. That you'd think just by pure luck, you'd stub your toe eventually. I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals have had the likes of, you know, Rogers Hornsby, Stan Musial, and Albert Pujols on their team. And each one of those, yes, Hornsby spent the, the second half of his career being kicked around between the Braves and the Giants and the, the Cubs and, and making a couple of cameos with the St. Louis Browns. And, of course, Albert Pujols has spent the second half of his career in the infirmary in Anaheim. But the first half of both of their careers were world championship, MVP caliber, superstar, elite, you know, franchise quality players. And Stan Musial played his entire career. Hell, the Mets, do they even have a Lou Brock? I don't believe they do. And it's strange. You would think that a New York team, I just dropped my keys, I'm not even going to cut that out. A New York team would stumble across that. They don't have a Jeter. It's not David Wright either. And that's, I guess, in some ways, the... I don't want to say tragedy, you know. Tragedy involves death. Tragedy is life and death. But I think that's one reason why Met fans held David Wright so close to their bosom and so want him to come back. I see a very similar thing in San Francisco regarding Tim Lincecum because of what he represented to that fan base, which was the fun hope of the Giants after the Bonds years, which were productive, but weren't cute and cuddly. They had a cute and cuddly superstar in Tim Lincecum, and of course a cute and cuddly hitter like Pedro uh, uh, Pablo Sandoval, that they loved Lincecum because he looked like a San Francisco guy and everything, and they, they held him to their bosom. I think Met fans took a look at David Wright. They saw that he was a star. He was an all-star, playing a position where there aren't a whole lot of stars when you look at the history of baseball playing third base, that he was going to be their you know, supposed answer to Jeter, but maybe forget being an answer to Jeter, being an answer to who's the greatest offensive player in Mets history. And Wright got off to a terrific start and had a wonderful career. And I don't know, do the Mets have a Mets Hall of Fame? If they do, of course he belongs there, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Cooperstown guy. And for that reason, he's not the equivalent of what a Frank Robinson or a Frank Thomas is or a Ricky Henderson or whatever it is is that elite star player in Mets history. Which explains why, you know, Wright is basically, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in a full body cast right now with little slits in the eyes and the mouth. And there's an outside chance he could play in the major leagues of which he will produce nothing and not cause any, that not move the needle at all in either the pennant race or moving the Mets towards being contender. Yet there are so many Met fans right now who would want nothing more than to see David Wright take a few swings because of what he represented. And I absolutely believe what he represented was 
I get a chance to see the greatest Met of all time. And injuries derailed that. And it brings us over to the Dodgers. Now, the greatest Dodger of all time, I believe if you went just by wins above replacement, I think it's Don Drysdale. A player who a lot of people feel is slightly overrated because he got to have his reputation being Robin to Sandy Koufax's Batman. Whether or not that's fair or not, I think Don Drysdale was certainly a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher. But if you were going to say who's the greatest Dodger of all time, I think the obvious answer is Jackie Robinson. Because he's one of the great figures in the history of baseball. He was also a great player. This is not just charity. This is not political correctness. He was the most valuable player in the league. He was a tremendous baseball player. And obviously did a lot to move the needle in the right direction, not just on the field for the Dodgers, but in the country. But he broke in in 47, and by 56 he was done, and he was starting to slow down at that point. His impact on the game has no peer. That I think we can agree on. But in terms of that great player that you look at as the great offensive figure in the team's history, he's not that. And there's another thing to keep in mind. I don't know if you've read the papers. I don't know if you've kept your subscription to your newspaper or where you get your news from. But the Dodgers no longer play in Brooklyn. Jackie never played for the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have been the Los Angeles Dodgers since 1958. And they have been to the World Series in 59, in 63, in 65, in 66, in 74, 77, 78, 81, 88, and last year. They have had many, many different incarnations of greatness that are almost always defined by their ace pitchers. Drysdale, Koufax, Sutton, Tommy John, uh, Bert Hooten, Fernando Valenzuela, Oral Hershiser, all the way up now to Clayton Kershaw. There is no shortage of great Dodger aces. Koufax and uh, Drysdale are in the Hall of Fame. Kershaw eventually will be as well. But who is the greatest offensive player in Dodger history? Is it Duke Snyder? I have to put this caveat on it because Snyder was almost done by the time the team came to L.A. Even if you want to say maybe it's Duke Snyder, okay? Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, just someone going back to Babe Herman or someone way in the, in the, in the past, the Zach Wheats of the world. Let's maybe, can there be a Los Angeles star? Can the L.A. Dodgers have an all-time great player? You know, Frank Robinson made a cameo and played like one year with the Dodgers. So did Jim Tomey. Every once in a while, you have players make a quick cameo. When you think about who's the greatest offensive player in Dodger history, it's not, was it not Maury Wills? Who is it? We've had some false alarms. Was it going to be Steve Garvey? No, Steve Garvey was a fine player, had a couple of very good years. 
Well, it's not an elite player. It's not his Hall of Fame discussion. It's not even worth mentioning. For a while, it looked like maybe it's Pedro Guerrero. Pedro Guerrero certainly exploded onto the scene, was a huge part, and the co-World Series MVP when they won in 1981. They've had fine offensive players. Reggie Smith was a fine player. Raul Mondesi was a fine player. Eric Carroll was a fine player. You know, they had Manny for a year and a half where it was really fun, and then they realized how hard it is to have Manny Ramirez on your team. But there's not been that superstar. Except for Mike Piazza. And it's bizarre because Piazza wasn't there in L.A. long enough to be the biggest star in Dodger history, and he wasn't in New York. He was too much in L.A. to be the biggest star in Mets history. I would argue Piazza is the second biggest star, the second greatest figure in Mets history, second greatest player in Mets history behind Seaver because of what he meant to the team that went on to win the pennant, because of his home run in you know, the post-9-11 game. You know, all those different things are elements that I think put him there. And also because who else? You know, if you're going to do a top five Mets of all time, who else? Who am I, who, who's going to top him? You're going to make the argument for DeGrom? You're going to make the argument for Syndergaard? You're going to make the argument for Gooden or Strawberry? You can make a valid argument for all of those. But there's none that's an obvious one. Like if you're talking greatest Red Sox of all time, you're going to start with Yastrzemski and Williams. And then you're going to go through, is it Boggs? Is it Clemens? Is it Pedro Martinez? Is it David Ortiz? Is it uh, Jimmy Fox? Is it you know Carlton Fisk? Is it Dwight Evans? Is it, you know, there's a bunch of players you can make very compelling cases. You know? I believe it should be Williams, Yastrzemski, Boggs, Martinez. But throw Clemens at me all day. I mean, you can make, you can switch it around. The Yankees is damn near impossible. You know who the first two are going to be? Ruth Gehrig. After that, is it DiMaggio? Is it Mantle? Is it Jeter? Is it Barrett? Is it Whitey Ford? But for the Mets, it's Seaver and, holy Toledo, who's, who's next? And this is not an obscure franchise. And the Dodgers, okay, start listing the greatest Dodgers. Start listening, let me rephrase that. Start listening to the greatest Los Angeles Dodger. Because if that's the greatest Dodger, it's going to be Jackie. But Jackie may have grown up in Pasadena, but he played in Brooklyn. So who's the greatest Los Angeles Dodger of all time? Probably got Sandy Koufax. But then if you start going down the list, you're inevitably just going to list pitchers. You're going to list Drysdale. You're going to list Kershaw. And then you, what's that last spot? Is it going to be Fernando? Is it going to be Oral Hershiser? I mean, the, like the one name you could possibly throw in there who's not a pitcher is Maury Wills. So it's almost like you have a chance if you're a scout for the Dodgers or you're a scout for the Mets. You have a chance to redefine the franchise by finding the player. Finding, I hate using the term five-tool player, but the guy who becomes the greatest offensive player in Mets history or Dodgers history. Finding that superstar. Finding that elite player. You know, yes, it's tough to do when you don't have the over one, number one pick overall. But guess what? The Angels found one with a 17th or 16th pick overall with Mike Trout. They're sometimes floating around out there. 
the next, that should be the goal. To find that player, because imagine what it would mean, you know, people are lamenting that Mike Trout is stuck in Anaheim when big market teams could use a superstar like that. Meanwhile, the Yankees, who don't tend to pick very, you know, high in the draft anyway, they're developing another one in Aaron Judge. You know, the Red Sox are putting together a new one with Mookie Betts. That's what the Mets and Dodgers have to do. Because there's a hole in their history. There's a hole in their legacy. Who is the greatest offensive New York Met of all time? Who is the greatest offensive Los Angeles Dodger of all time? It is a nexus without a Frank Thomas or a Dave Winfield standing tall and strong above them all. But Sally, those are Hall of Famers. That's right, find you a Hall of Famer. They're out there. You know, if Winfield didn't sign the long contract with the Yankees, the you know, Padres would have two of them in their history with Gwynn and Winfield. You know? The Astros have Bagwell and Biggio. There's no Jeff Bagwell in Mets history. There's no Craig Biggio in Mets history. There's no Eddie Matthews, let alone a Hank Aaron in Mets history. Hell, the Montreal Expos had a... The Expos had Andre Dawson, Tim Raines, and Vladimir Guerrero. There is no equivalent of those players in Dodger or Mets history. I'm not talking Babe Ruth. Give me Vlad Guerrero. Well, don't... Get me Vlad Guerrero Jr. Because guess what? The Blue Jays already beat you to the punch on that one. So, when you think about the marketing of the game and the young stars and everything like that, imagine what would happen if suddenly L.A. and New York had a young star. Each of them had a young star. Homegrown that the fans can embrace as their own. And be the superstar slugger that the franchise has never seen play out their entire career there. Of course, this entire point would have been moot, at least from the Dodgers' point of view, if they just kept Piazza instead of getting into a contract dispute because he would have had the greatest story, the greatest backstory of all time. That how strong is Dodger blood? That Tommy Lasorda can have them draft his friend's son out of pity and he turns into a Hall of Fame slugger. That's exactly what happened! Except he split his career between the Dodgers and Mets over a contract dispute and new management who wanted to put their foot down and show that they're brand new and how that worked out for you. So somewhere out there is an amazing song. Could be in Cuba. Could be in Puerto Rico. Could be in Fresno. Could be in Waltham, Massachusetts. Hell, could be in Australia or Japan. Could be in France. Is a slugger who is an all-round great hitter has a Hall of Fame career and plays the bulk of their career in either the Dodger uniform or the Mets uniform. And they will make the answer to the easy question, who is the greatest offensive New York Met, the greatest offensive Los Angeles Dodger of all time? Go find them, scouts. Go find them now. It would be easier to have that player be a superstar in New York and or in LA and spend their entire career there and they'll be beloved I don't know like Willie Mick and the Duke 
So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Sweating, because I didn't want to turn the AC on, at a rest stop somewhere on the I-5, thinking about Mike Piazza and the fact that his legacy has left two franchises in need of an answer to that simple question, who's the greatest slugger in their history? This has been Sully Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You know what you can do? You can call me Sully.